five four three two one zero and liftoff. Dispatches, a production of Blur Bank, is an in-depth look at those living artistic lives. Each episode will feature photographs and audio interviews with narrative pioneers who have taken creativity and publishing in their own hands. From artists to authors, photographers to philosophers, Dispatches will reveal the faces and foundations of those who lead the creative way. Hey everybody, this is Dan with Blurb. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico today, the ABQ, with uh, a good friend and someone that I'm really inspired by, uh, painter, artist, Philip Vigil. Philip, how you doing today? Good. How are you, Dan? I'm good. We've been talking about trying to do this for a long time now. We've, we've had a couple of near misses, and uh, I'm glad to finally be here with you. Same here. It's good to see you. It's, uh, I'm always inspired by coming out here, and uh, every time I come out here, your, your face and your work creeps into the back of my head about the time I cross the New Mexico border. So I'm always trying to scheme and scam to figure out a way to do either pictures of you or talk to you or, or uh, look at some of your work. So, uh, you, if I met you on the street and said, Philip, who are you? What do you do? How would you respond? Okay, I'm a visual artist. I yeah. make paintings, drawings, collages, and I make photography as well. Okay, and uh, where where did you where were you born? I was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico. You were born in Santa Fe, and you grew up where? I grew up in Jemez for like the first five years of my life, Jemez Pueblo. Okay. And then we moved up to Dulce, where I lived for about 24 years. Um, and Dulce is on the Colorado border, like the northwestern part of New Mexico. Correct. It's about five miles, six miles south of Colorado, about 25 miles west of Chama. I don't know if you know where Chama is at. Well, I know where Chama is, yeah. but uh, I guess the closest larger city would be Farmington. Farmington, yeah. yeah. And it would be about an hour and a half okay. east of Farmington. And w- tell me what your childhood was like. Was it uh, public school? Did, I mean, wh- what happened here? Um, I went to school in a public school. It was a really small town, a reservation. Reservation town. Was that a good thing? It was a great thing. I um, I learned a lot from living there, especially um, being around other people who are Native American. I think that instilled something into me that I... Um, what do you think it instilled? Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a very different background. It's a very unique background, and it has, with that all of the unique aspects of that culture and sort of was that a daily part of life or did you just feel like a an American in general I felt more like an American in general it it instilled in me a, a love of nature I guess you could say because uh, Dulce is a very beautiful place um, and where I grew up there's a lot of lot of place to play and run and have a lot of fun and stuff like that and um, there's a lot of open space and do you think when you're making paintings today, is that something that's in the back of your, your head? And the reason I ask is that I spent time in Wyoming as a kid growing up, and I think about it all the time. And it comes back and manifests itself in very weird, weird ways. I was putting clothes in the sun to dry a couple of weeks ago, and it was just this time warp that came back because the smell of pants dried in the sun reminded me of, of that time. Is that when you're painting, are you pulling from... from the time that you were a kid in the country? Um, not really, but um, I would say I'm pulling more from the time when I first started making art. I was living with my parents and I was living in this really tiny room and that's where I first started drawing and making my paintings and stuff. And um, that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration from today. I feel like the, uh, the work comes from 
or today's work comes from all the time that I spent in that room making my work. I spent hundreds of or thousands of hours making artwork for no reason, to show no one, just to make it because I like doing it. And also to get my parents off my back because they were um, <laughs> trying to get me to do something with my life. But I was just kind of wandering and having too much fun partying and stuff like that. And, and your, your father's an artist too, right? He, he is an artist, but he's not a professional artist. And your uncle was an artist? My, yeah, my uncle's a professional painter, and my grandfather was also a professional artist. So as a kid, you looked up on the walls of the house or wherever you were and saw this work, and then one day realized that it was a family member that had done that. Oh, totally. It was like an epiphany when I had that moment where like, oh, wow, my grandpa made that, you know? And were your par- when your parents are on your back trying to get you to do something with your life and you decide to start making art, was that a positive thing for them? Or like, oh, no, our, our kid's going to be an, an artist? Um, no, it was positive. They were always into the whole idea of letting me do what I wanted to do and becoming who I wanted to be as a person. So they had no restrictions or anything. They didn't say you had to become a doctor or anything like and that. And how, how influential was that to have that freedom? It was amazing. I think that's... Did they, push, did they push you or did they just leave you alone? They just left me alone. They didn't push me. And how quickly before you made a piece that you looked at and said, wow, I might be onto something. This might actually be really, really good. Like how much trial and error did you go through? It was pretty quick. Pretty it quick. Ha- yeah, oh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm so jealous. It happened pretty quick because <laughs> I, I could even see myself that, wow, this is really cool. You know? And I never knew that I could make art and I never knew I had it in me to make art at all. Did you, have a, did you have an idea of what you thought you were going to do before you became an artist? Sure, yeah. Oh, I was, I was like, in, really into computers and stuff, so I imagined myself as being like a, a computer <laughs> scientist or something okay. like that. Because everyone always thought like I was this brainiac and stuff. But in actual reality, I barely passed high school. Okay, good. You and me both. I feel, yeah. I feel better now. No, I totally fucked that one up. Well, I mean, look, high school, most of us are a mess anyway during that time. So if you can survive high school, I think, you know, you're in the top 1% in my mind. A lot of time for me in high school was spent drawing, actually. And the more that I look at it, the more it was kind of influential. But I really didn't think of it at the time. And I was just making doodles and drawings and stuff. And my head was always in the clouds. Which is... You know, it, it's really interesting that you make that expression because one of the big changes in the in at least the public school program has been the, the emphasis away from art. And as a kid, when your head's in the clouds, the teachers and the faculty and everybody else is always saying, hey, don't leave your head in the clouds. You've got to snap back and you have to be here. But what, you're real, what we realize is that a lot of the great work comes from people that have their head in the clouds because it's allowing you to think and make things in a different way than you would be if you were confo- if you were confining to the sort of ritual of being in school. And how many people have I talked to in the past couple of years that said that they were an artist when they were younger and then had the art like beaten out of them by the by the mainstream education saying, yeah, art's for like playing around, but it's not a career. So you've obviously turned it and it is very much a career for you, which is interesting to me because before we started hit the record button, you know, I was saying I'm fascinated by people who are career artists because it's such a it's such a battle. I mean, I think even if you're talented and you're making great work, it's still not an easy road to go down. It's definitely not easy at all. Do Do you remember when you were drawing in class or drawing in that little room? Do, what kind of materials did you start with? Did you just start with a pen and paper? Just what I had, yeah, totally pen and a ballpoint pen. And then and and a you're still you're, you still Sorry. make make things with that those materials today right oh totally yeah 
And then you migrated on to oil and pastel and all these other materials. Is there any sort of sacred combination for you that's your favorite way of working? Mm, making stuff on paper. I, I like working with paper a lot. People like wonder why I work on paper and not canvas and something bigger like that. But I like how the paper is um, delicate and it needs to be taken care of. And just, you can't just throw it around and stuff like that. Are you going to... Have you made anything? You've made stuff on canvas, though. I have, yeah. yeah. I've made paintings. I've made stuff on wood and panel and all kinds of things. Now, do you feel the pressure from... You've had success. You've sold paintings. You've done. You've been doing this now for quite a while. Is there a pressure coming from the sort of... Like you said, people saying, Oh, Philip, why are you not doing canvas? And why are you not... You know, like in photography, the big thing is to make the largest prints you can possibly make. Mm, I just don't listen to anybody. I don't really care what anyone has to say, honestly. I'm just going what my along with what my gut feels. And um, the last year has been spent making small works on paper. People are making big works on paper nowadays, but I like working small because I can do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah. I don't have to be in the studio to make anything. I can I can do it anywhere. So I like that a lot. So the last time I saw you was in a parking lot in Albuquerque in the winter, and yep. Amy was there, and we were making a swap. Yep. And you pulled a box of, of pieces out of your of your <clears> trunk, <throat> and it was, I don't know, there were there were quite a few pieces in there. And to me, I was like, oh, that's such an amazing thing to see because you're making work all the time. How often are you painting or drawing or sketching? Um, it varies, you know, but um, a lot of my time lately has been spent walking and taking my photographs. I think when we first, or when you first took pictures of me, we were walking in Albuquerque, and that was kind of the beginning of my photography journey. I've always been interested in photography. My my father was actually our um, unofficial, I guess, photographer, and he took thousands of photos of my family in the beginning. And I'm grateful that he did because I got to see what my family was like when they were young, and um, those photos are amazing. Oh, the history. Absolutely. Yeah. And he sure. was a great shot as well. He, he, he really knew what he was doing. And Is he still shooting? He does sometimes. I, 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 I love to learn more from him. He's the kind of guy who doesn't need the, um, what do you call them, the light meter. You know, he just goes off instinct. And I love that because, and he does it so effortlessly. And you can tell when someone's good because they can do it effortlessly. And he, sure. he does it good. I'm still learning, but. And how is photography different? How is the experience of that different from you sitting down with a piece of paper and making a drawing? Not much difference, except that I get to walk around. But I think for me, the walking and the seeing and the adventure of it all is more important to me than the photograph itself. Because I love to go on walks. I love to go on pointless, nowhere to go, just fuck it, go for a walk. Yeah. And I love that. And I can walk for hours and 10 miles is, is good for me, you know. I think um, you and I are very similar in that sense where people ask about documentary work. And, and to me, it's about the experience of being in the field. That's the number one thing. That's that's it. And then the secondary thing is the photograph. And then the third thing is whatever happens to the photograph, whether anyone sees it or not, I really don't. For the most part, I don't care. It's just maybe it's a selfish way of working, but I, that's, I think, why it's so enjoyable is to be, to be out there. That's exactly how I feel. It, it's it's so much fun to be out there, and it's so much fun to see people and see these things and experience it and have these moments by myself and wishing there were other people to witness it, but that's fine because I'm having a great time and I'm, I'm enjoying every moment. And so 
Do you remember the first time outside of your family when you were a kid looking at art, when you saw work from someone and said, wow, that's, I'm, I'm having some sort of visceral reaction to that. Who was the first influence that you had outside of your family? It was probably Picasso and um, my art teacher from high school. Her name was Kate Bag. Her name is Kate Bagby. Um, she's still an art teacher. We're st we're still great friends today. Is she still in Dulce? Uh, no, she lives in Chama now, and she teaches there. But I think she's retiring this year. She might have actually retired already. Actually, now that I think of it, but she's a huge influence on me and my work. And what did she do for you when you were in school that allowed her to become so so influential? Um, she was just an awesome person to begin with. Her personality is great. Um, I think a lot of the kids gravitated towards her. And to this day, we're all still great friends. And um, she's just a wonderful person. And she allowed me to dream, I guess you could say. And she nurtured my love in Picasso because I was infatuated with Picasso and abstract art when I was younger. And fast forwarding <clears throat> to today, who are some of the people that you find influential today or people that you're constantly watching? Um, I have a friend named Gronk. And I kind of came up, I found him through MySpace, and this was like nine or 10 years ago. And I kind of just happened onto his profile one day and I saw his work and it was amazing. And come to find out he's this like huge art star and he's a Chicano art star and uh, he lives in LA and he has a studio downtown and he does um, sets for operas all over the world and he does his paintings and um, they're amazing. Wow. Anyone else? Any other contemporaries? Um, there's another friend of mine. His name is Tony Abeda, and he is a... I know that name from somewhere. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of the big, big artists in Santa Fe. He um, okay. is a Native American artist as well. Works in oils, and he, he's been an, a huge influence on me, and he's a great friend as well, and he's sort of a mentor to me as well. So when you make work today, because you've had success commercially, how much of the commercial part of the business is in your mindset when you're making work. And the reason I'm asking is in photography, I was just telling someone yesterday that I went to a big photo show a few years ago and there was one photographer who was really hot. And I went back to that same show a year later and there were 10 photographers who had basically copied that photographer from the year before and they were all doing something very similar. And I think what, you know, people, people sort of look down on that. And I think that's a reality of the business because the gallery is trying to make money. The photographer is trying to make money. Everybody's trying to stay in business and they find something that's hot and selling and they go, well, let's go do something like that. But to me, that's always a short term <clears throat> win because you can't last by copying people as you go along. So how much of what you make is influenced by the commercial viability and how much is just this is me and I'm putting this whatever is inside of me on paper? It's always been about just me and what, what I want to make. It's never been about what would sell or what anyone thinks would sell. I get suggestions all the time about what I should do and people telling me, oh, you should make more of these and these are great and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't really care what they have to say. And do you, you think it'll always be that way? Like what if you, what if you sold a painting for... $10 million and someone said, look, if you banged out like 50 of those, you know, you could make. It'll always be that way, I think, because even people who make art like that are being told the same thing what you just said, so. And what's, uh, what's, the, what's the one thing that you don't have that you really need or want? Um, nothing right now. 
nothing, not even like a burrito. I'm starving. So like tacos right now, or I'm interviewing you, but a part of my brain is thinking about a taco. No, I'm fine right now, but I have a lot of work to do. And I guess my mind's kind of on that. I've been really busy these past years. So, but like, if I said to you, look, you, you could have money to go on a retreat and paint. You could have, um, a new brush that you've always wanted that some high tech kind of brush, or is there anything that like, or time? You know, just more free time to, like, not have to worry about paying bills or, like, traveling or whatever. And you just got to be something that you're lacking. There, there isn't anything that I'm lacking. That's so awesome. Because I'm, as a kid, my parents would always try to get me stuff for, like, birthdays, Christmases, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Asking me, what, what do you want? And I'm the worst person at telling them what I want. And I don't really need that much to begin with. And I'm... I'm I guess I'm not frugal. I am frugal sometimes, but I don't need much. And I'm happy with what I have. So what, you have a show coming up. I have a show coming up on May 7th. Um, That's the opening. The show hangs in a couple of weeks. Or in in Santa Fe? In Santa Fe, at at my gallery. Um, Shiprock Santa Fe. And tell me what's in the show. I am showing photographs. I'm showing 12 photographs. And they've all been taken over the past two years. Um, A lot of them are kind of a street type photography thing and um, some of them are portraits. Um, Is this the first photography show that you've done? This is the first photography show that I've done. That's totally scary. Yeah, why is it scary? Because I've never done anything like this before. And I've always thought of photography as just something that I want to keep to myself and and then my gallery approached me a few months ago and asked if I would be interested in showing them because they really like them a lot. And I've gotten great response from them, but I just like to do it for myself because it's fun. And so what do you think? Is this, is the, if, let's say that the show does really well, is that going to influence in terms of more photography in the future? Or are you just going to keep doing whatever you feel like doing? I'm just going to keep doing whatever I feel like doing because I, I have... A lot of things on my plate right now. I'm making my drawings. I'm making my collages. I'm making the photography. I'm also doing shoes. I'm collaborating with a friend of mine. Um, You're doing shoes. I'm doing shoes. You're designing shoes. I brought some shoes to show you, but um, I didn't bring them up. Okay. Um, Anyway, my friend is from New York City. He owns a company called Saba, and um, these are handmade shoes in Turkey and made to order. And um, he sells them out of his um, boutique in New York City. And I hand paint shoes, and we're making 100 pairs. Cool. I might be on, like, pair number 40, I think, or something like that. I'm not even sure That's exciting. And um, we're selling them all over the world. Um, We just got picked up in a store in L.A., and then we got picked up in another store in in Japan. And um, those will be going out pretty soon. That's very cool. And those are two great markets for that stuff. Yeah, totally. Does art, do you feel any responsibility being an artist in terms of what you make and putting it in the world and how it makes people feel? Does art have a responsibility? I, I think some art does, but I don't know about mine. What, do you, what's, what, what would some of the art be that would have a responsibility? Well, because to me, even if you do it, if you, the, the way that art makes people feel is a part of the collective experience of being a human. And so I look at artists and I think you guys have a responsibility to make what you make and put it into the world because it counterbalances so many of the other things in the world that are so 
terrible and awful. Mm. How, do, how do you feel? That's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. So your, your work, I have your work hanging in the house uh, in California, and people walk in, and it's like one of the things that they can easily see, and people come in and they look at it, and it's a range of people. It could be the UPS guy delivering something, or it could be a friend or whatever, and they come in and they look at that, and they go, wow, and they, they comment. And to me, it's like that's what good art is, or really that's what art in general is, is that just presenting something that makes a physical or mental reaction that can send someone off in any of a myriad of, of, of different directions, which is very different than anything else in life. And to me, that's part of the responsibility of being an artist is to make the best possible thing you can make to evoke the biggest reaction. I agree, totally. And so, you, you, but you don't know if your work does that. I think it I, does. I mean, I've, I've been told it does, but you know, I kind of modest, I guess, but I just, it's just something I make, you know? It's something that I, I enjoy to make. And, and I think it's something that people just happen to like as well. And um, But I'm not doing it for anyone. I'm just doing it for myself because, to be honest, I don't know what else I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. And I think Andy Warhol said it best. Um, gives me something to do. <laughs> That's great. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 or 15 years? Making art still. Here in sure. New Mexico? I don't know about New Mexico, but making art. Is there anywhere else in the world that you got your sights on? Oh, there's a lot of places, definitely. Any anyone that jumps out? Um, I would love to be in New York City. I think every artist would love to be in New York City. Yeah, so. I can see you there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you um, you taking time to do this. Is there anything else you want to say or points you want to make or um, statements? Well, I appreciate you wanting to interview me at all. It's of course, this it's is great, awesome. Um, I would love to do this again and again. Maybe after the show, we do another one. See, oh, and see I how things be, go. Yeah, totally. That would be great, actually. That would be interesting. Um, and then we have to talk about books at some point because you haven't made a book yet. Yeah. And I'm and like looking at your shirt and I'm thinking, God, that's a great book cover right there. That sleeve, if I scanned it, I could totally make a cover out of that. Well, see, everyone always thinks that I made the shirt because it looks like my work. Yeah. And that's why I bought the shirt because yeah. it looks like my work. And But it's not. It's not. But we, we got to make a book at some point. I would love to make the book. And I, I love the prototype that you made for me. It's amazing. I, I actually gave it to my parents, and they love it. Oh, the one that's with you on the cover, the Black Mesa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that they one love too. It. Well, that's a, that's a topic for another conversation. We will dial that up. Um, I think the hard part with you is going to be narrowing down the work because you've got so many different kinds of things. And when I think about that box of prints on the hood of my car, and what was in there, there's so many cool. Your work translates to publication incredibly well. Like it would just look so beautiful with the the lowest <coughs> quality materials and the highest quality materials and everywhere in between. I think the art translates very differently than photography does. And so when I look at your stuff, there's like endless possibilities of what we could do. I'm excited and um, yeah, I would love to work on something. Awesome, well, best of luck with the show. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you um, arranging this space for us. It's very nice. Nice to be in an art studio while we're talking about art. Yeah, so, uh, totally. It yeah. is, for sure. Well, thanks again, and good luck with everything. Thank you. You too.